of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Jerry Jones broke his silence today. Talked publicly for the first time since losing on Sunday to the San Francisco 49ers when he went on the radio up in Dallas. We'll talk about it now with John Mashota from The Athletic as he joins us here on The Blitz. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Reinagle here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. John, it's it's been an interesting week and odd that he was quiet as long as he was. What was your reactions to what Jerry was saying to the boys there at 105.3, the fan in Dallas? Yeah, so, I mean, the, re- the reason he didn't have his original Tuesday morning uh, radio appearances because he was at a John Madden memorial. Uh, so I think that factored into it. Let's, but, I mean, J- Jerry's also done radio interviews when he has that other stuff going on, so I don't know if that was a complete part of it or not. But regardless, uh, we're several days removed from that game, and it's clear that he's, he's angry, and he should be, um, because of, like you said, after the game, the talent that's on this roster. This isn't this, – I mean <laughs> – and I know after they lose, you know, you always get these people that'll be like, yeah, well, that's because the team wasn't as talented as we thought. That's cute. I understand. That's the go-to. I've, I've heard that for years. I'm telling you right now, like, this is, this is one of the most talented rosters I've seen, and it's certainly a more talented roster than the San Francisco 49ers had. And Jerry knows that, and that's what hurts even more to him is the fact that that was the case with both of those things, and then the fact that they were not even in the game uh, early on. It took a lot of bad decisions by Jimmy Garoppolo to even keep – the Cowboys in the game, then have a chance to win the game, and then you don't do it. And then you just look at the landscape of the entire NFL and you being the only home team to lose in the wild card round. I mean, there's just a lot of things there that have him frustrated, and that was clear uh, in, in his interview today. But, I, I mean, the biggest one that everyone takes away from it is the, you know, and he talked about the coaching staff because he certainly was not glowingly uh, talking about Mike McCarthy going forward after the game immediately after, and which was also interesting after the game, I need to add, that, that was the quickest post game that Jerry's come out of the locker room. So he was clearly angry. When I mean, normally we have to wait for a while. He was in the in the locker room and out after that game was over, and you could tell he was trying to. He looked sick. He he did not look happy at all. He looked like he he couldn't believe what he just saw. But he still now, you know, we're we're five days later, whatever. He's still you can tell is still angry about that he felt like that team should have been coached better than it was. And so you can sit here and say, oh, does that mean that Mike McCarthy's out? I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, Jerry's made it very clear that he's not pleased with them losing the way that they did and losing the first round of the playoffs. You know, John, I thought something that was really telling in what Jerry said and and, and the part that I listened to when he's talking about he wishes some things would have been fixed. I guess it sounded like he was a little upset with McCarthy saying, hey, we've got some things to fix in the offseason. Jerry comes back today and says, well, I wanted it fixed after the Tampa game or I wanted it fixed after this game. That seemed like... He was sending McCarthy a message to me. Yeah, how, how do you take that? I, hey, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because 
I do take that as a message. But you know what? Let's go ahead and flip that right back around on Jerry Jones. Jerry, you talk after games. You talk twice a week on the radio. When you weren't correcting those things, where was that anger on those interviews? Exactly. How come you didn't get angry then when that stuff wasn't getting fixed? Why are you waiting till now? That, that's my thing. When I heard that, that was the first thing I thought of. I was just like, yeah, well, instead of always being super positive and trying to, uh, you know, be glass half full, maybe in those situations, maybe go on the radio. I mean, that's the thing. I don't, you don't even have to go in a meeting and say anything. You go on one of these radio shows and just ruffle the feathers a little bit. The message will be heard loud and clear that, hey, we need to clean this stuff up. And so uh, it is interesting. That is the most angry I've heard, Jerry, since probably the loss in New England uh, a few years back where he just ripped the coaching staff, particularly the special teams coaches. And, you know, Jason Garrett ended up losing his job, but then his contract was up. He didn't get a, a new contract after that year. So you hear that and you think, okay, well, then maybe something's about to change. I'm not completely convinced of that you know i mean it sounds good to be angry on the radio and that the fans know that you care um but at the same time he also mentions bill belichick when he mentioned bill belichick the thing that i took away from that was yeah if there was somebody that was available that was the no-brainer better coach we would probably make a move on that person uh but it just doesn't seem like that person's out there right now it's going to be interesting to see what does happen as we visit with john mashota from the athletic Cowboys beat writer and one of the best at, at doing it. And uh, all the stuff there on The Athletic is worth the subscription, John. And when I heard him talking, because I was angry early in the week as a Cowboy fan. You know, McCarthy, most coaches deserve three or four years. You know, McCarthy with this stacked roster doesn't get that in my mind. But at this point, I'm not concerned that Jerry will fire Mike McCarthy. Although it seemed a lot of people on Cowboys Twitter thought that, man, he didn't give McCarthy a ringing endorsement and kept talking about coaching changes. To me, I took that as he knows there's going to be changes to the staff because Dan Quinn's likely to get another job. Kellen Moore could be out, and other assistants are going to leave with those guys. Was I reading it that way, or did you read it as, you know, it's been a week, but McCarthy is still, uh, uh, his decision-making hasn't been finalized on what he's going to do at head coach? Yeah, and, and, and let me also start with this. This should be the baseline of any discussion that in, involves Barry Jones. He's a genius. He, by, if he gave clear answers, you guys fill a segment, maybe two, I'd get one story out of it. Because there's so much gray, they're saying one thing here and then another thing five minutes later, it provides content forever. Is it, because you just sit and you constantly guess, well, did he mean this year or did he mean that? So he's a genius in that sense because <laughs> Master we're going to be talking about this for a while. Okay. He's a master salesman, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you got to factor all of that in there, too, that, you know, he could be just talking about this right now, and he, in the back of his mind, knows he's not going to uh, do any, any, any type of head coaching change. But at the same time, he puts enough stuff out there to make you think, you know what, he's thinking about it right now. He's thinking about it because he had, a, he had an opportunity after the game. He had an opportunity uh, uh, today uh, to do exactly what Stephen Jones did on Monday and, and, and give that, yeah, no, Mike, Mike will be back. I'm confident of that. Like, but he didn't do that. And he did that on purpose, I believe, to make people think that he's still thinking about it and that this isn't a done deal and don't just assume whatever. And I think he's also doing that because, let's be honest, what other decision, what other change realistically could happen that would get Cowboys fans excited about next season? Like you mentioned, you being frustrated after the game as a Cowboys fan. I'm frustrated after that game as someone who covers this team and puts the time in that I do because I have no other life than doing that. And I'm frustrated that it's like, okay, I think that you finally have a team together that you might be able to make a deep playoff run. And let's, let's not act like you lost on like a couple of bad plays late. 
you came out and got punched in the mouth like you were like, oh, my God, these are the playoffs? I mean, you didn't – Mike McCarthy admitted that they were nervous before the game. Yeah. And then he talked about – even after the game about how – but I thought they settled down by halftime. By halftime? Yeah. Go look at those – go look at those other five playoff teams that won at home this past week. All of them were already going to work, and you already know that they were winning those games by halftime. They were – every single one of them was leading at halftime. Four out of the five were leading after the first quarter. The Cowboys were the only ones that didn't do any of that stuff. So it wasn't just losing that game. It was the way you played in that game and the way you lost that game. Yeah, no question, John. And, and you know, we talk a lot about Mike McCarthy. Kellen Moore, you know, has been a topic of conversation as well. Michael Irvin, and I know you heard this as well, he came out yesterday on the radio, and he was really down on the star players. He said that they've got to come up. And, you know, Troy Aikman said something similar to that as well. Um yeah, how much of this though is is those guys not performing up to their capabilities? Is all of this on the coaching staff? No, it's not all on the coaching staff. I would put a little bit more on the coaching staff just because of the way the game is coached nowadays. It's not. I don't. I don't believe it's the same as it was in terms of the player and the way the players are. Um, I mean, certainly there's still fiery guys and things like that. But I think what Michael's talking about is is players just in these moments being like, hey. Enough with all this scheme stuff. We have to just win. I, I can beat this guy every single time. Forget reading the entire progression. Look at me. I'm going to beat this guy. Throw me the ball. There, and, and that's not going on. And that's what I think frustrates Michael. But he's absolutely correct in the fact of, that those key players have to step up. I mean, I'll just, I, I don't think that there's any more simple way I could than this. Okay. You have Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson having – and, and, and Michael pointed out like how like those are those are not your star players. They had the biggest impact. The reason they had the biggest impact is because San Francisco wanted them to have the biggest impact. They took away all of your stars. They were like, "Yeah, keep throwing to Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz. We would love that. Please keep doing that. We know that you won't win the game." Like, and it's not even really to be honest with you. It's not even against Schultz. It's not anything against Wilson. You know what this Cowboys team has become. Go ahead and take the underneath stuff. There was a time, 2016, there was a time, 2014, where you could take that underneath stuff, you could dink and dunk, and those offenses would go down the field and be like, oh, you want to go 12 plays? We'll go 12 plays. Let's work this out. This team can't do that because after four plays, calling it back, holding, screws up the entire drive. They can't run a clean series, so you can't go 12 to 14 plays with, with the way that this team played this year. John Machota. John Machota from The Athletic joining us here on The Blitz. John, before we let you go, the one change that we do expect from the coaching staff is Dan Quinn to get a head coaching job. And I know, you know, a year ago he was fired in Atlanta, one really good year with Dallas as he improved that defense. Wink Martindale gets fired today by the Baltimore Ravens. If if Dan Quinn leaves, does Jerry promote from within or does Wink or somebody along those lines become a candidate to replace him in Dallas? It's a possibility that he, he would maybe elevate Joe Witt. I mean, Joe Witt is a guy that has been around Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. They have, I mean, he would be the, if you're going to go off of the staff, that would probably make the most sense. He's the guy that was always up in the booth right next to Dan Quinn. Uh, he was the one that took over more of the D.C. role during that game in New Orleans where Dan Quinn had to take on the head coaching role uh, when Mike McCarthy was out with COVID. So that obviously has to be considered, but, if we're talking about guys that aren't in the building, I don't think anybody's higher on the list than Mike Zimmer. Just because of his time uh, in Dallas, uh, Mike McCarthy obviously knows him. 
from Mike McCarthy's time in Green Bay when Zimmer was was coached with the Vikings. Like that to me seems like the one that would make the most sense if if Mike Zimmer wants that, which I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, that's the one that I would keep keep an eye on there if they go in a different direction at, at DC. John Mashoda from the Athletic. There really is no off season, but uh, enjoy a weekend not having to be inside of a stadium with no <laughs> curtains. <laughs> I will, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. John Mashoda from The Athletic. Make sure you're following him on Twitter, at John Mashoda. Subscribe to The Athletic. And John is J-O-N, John Mashoda. You know what I love about John? He, he I'm, I'm not sure if he's a Cowboy fan or not. I he kinda, is not. He's I, a Detroit Lions fan. Well, you know, but here's the deal. When you cover a team like he does, you're invested in that team. Yes. Right? And so I think deep down you become a fan. Judging from his passion as he was talking there, I really believe he's a fan. Or he didn't want to stop working, right? He, <laughs> not that he's going to stop working, but I mean, and covering the Cowboys and following that. Because you want that team well, to continue to go on. It's good for business. It's good for business, but also when you're a beat writer, especially like, like we go out to training camp for a week and we come home. Right. He is out there every day in Oxnard. He is at the facility Every day for hours. He's at every game. And when you are a beat writer, and you know this from traveling with the Spurs when they were winning championships, the trips get better as the playoffs go on. Absolutely. And and so now he won't be in Los Angeles for a week because he doesn't have a team there unless they need extra writers to cover some other stuff. But if you're the beat writer for the teams... You know, when you're covering the championship games or the Super Bowl, I mean, for the writers, it's their Super Bowl too. I mean, you go, you're you're in for the ride, and he's you know now canceling hotels and flights that he probably had planned. <laughs> well, that that place in Tampa he was going to stay is no longer available. Exactly. You know, I just it, and you're you're absolutely right because you know, I, going on the the Spurs finals runs and. And being there for those games and every possession meant something. And just experiencing that is, is fun to be there to cover it. So I know what you mean, but his passion was something else. And you develop relationships you with do. the guys, whether you you're do. rooting for them as a team, like this is the team, you know, because every journalist and you're a talk show host now, you're not a journalist, you're an opinion right. guy. You can, you can, <laughs> you can wear your oiler jersey and be proud of it right yes. we we are i mean i know he's biased in his reporting and if you read John Machado, you know he's as critical as as they come sure. but you develop relationship with guys that you want to see have success or also you realize well there goes a source that is going to be out the door that and then you got to redevelop true. another one yeah well that happens too when coaches leave for other places you yeah. lose those sources and it's like yeah what am i going to do now i know i was devastated <laughs> with my best Spur source went yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, me too. I mean, that just it just kind of happens yeah, that way. It does. So then you got to develop another one. That's right. And then another one after that. Yeah, and another one after that. 